Look at that sunrise. It's beautiful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Heartfelt Radio. on a Wednesday morning. That means it's Bible study time for the 111th time on Mornings with Mark and Gabe. Yeah. 111 Bible studies. I know. And we're not done yet Mm -mm. because we learn something new every time we do this. Actually, probably 111 11sies, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, it's Pastor Tom. Good morning. Who, Good morning, Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom Repke is with us on a regular basis on many different occasions from Linden Road Presbyterian. And he is graciously consented to come in and do two in a row right. and left us hanging off the cliff <laughs> last week. We're going death to life in the story of Lazarus. That must be why his wife made us a coffee cake again because I know left us hanging off the cliff. Coffee cake ministry once yeah. again, Melinda. We need thank it after you. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good morning. Yes. Okay. So uh, do we need to do a little reset here? Well, we do. I mean, where we left off last week, you know. Well, exactly. Lazarus was dead. Uh, yes, he was. Right. And, you know, part of it, you know, the, so we're doing sort of the helicopter view because there's so much in mm-hmm. this particular passage in John. And I love John just because of the way he, he tends to uh, just create opportunities. Even this morning, as you talked about John chapter one, right? I mean, it's oh, yeah. amazing. Just in the beginning was the word and it's not like the other gospels, but, but the idea is, uh, you know, hopelessness. And I think part of the encouragement is that we need to see that, you know, and we've all been in places, I think, where we've wanted God to show up, and it's like, mm. he hasn't. And here, At least not on our schedule. Right. And so we have, yeah. you know, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who we said last week are, you know, these are part of Jesus' uh, you know, squad, if you will. Mm-hmm. These are people that knew him well, and so they're reaching out to, you know, the guy that they've seen do other things, and they're looking for their opportunity for him to show up. And he intentionally takes time, which is like, what is that all yes, about? Yes, he right? does. Right. So I guess the idea we want to lean into is partly where I wanted people to sort of focus is the idea of just being present, even in, in, Mm. in life when it's complicated and we're not sure of the outcome that I think it's the idea of just showing up and being present with each other. So let's, uh, I guess let's just jump into, I want to back up a little bit. We're going to backtrack just a bit. Verse 17. Okay. So, uh, Gabe, why don't you. Start with uh, verse. Now, how far do you want to go, Tom? Do you want to take gonna, this? Let's go ahead and walk all the way through just to set the, the tone of where we're at. So okay. start with verse 17, and then we'll go through the, the end of verse 44. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Big chunk. Uh, Gabe, go with verse 17 and go to... Uh, 30? Yeah. 17. Yeah, and I'll take the other half. All right. Okay. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, 
even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is come into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Should I stop there? I keep going. Just for the... Okay, I was building more suspense. <laughs> yeah. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to stop there. Go to 44. 44. Oh, okay. I, I, I like the suspense, even though we all know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, oh, yeah. there's so many different aspects of this, right? So, And I appreciate the pause of trying to figure out, you know, where are we going? <laughs> do we want to? Yeah. yeah. Do we want to go? But it's even, even the last verse there. I mean, there's a huge implication there. I mean, Lazarus came out. There was still work to be done. Yeah. Okay. He so was just, still wrapped in the burial cloths. Right. Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit farther. I mean, the, the truth is they don't believe that Jesus is going to do what he's going to do. So right. he tells them. And so, you know, the great verse that we read in the King James, I was actually sharing this with a young man yesterday in DH. It just, I said, look at this. Cause he was reading a version of the, the King James version of the, of the Bible. And so verse, the, the verse says that he stinketh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, he's been in the grave for a while, right? And so the idea first, let's go back to where we were last week. And, and that was the bad news is that, you know, we, we know what is, what is Jesus said is told. He's like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Twice. Yes. Both sisters come to him with right, that. Right. And so, but to be practical about it, we all experience this. Sure. 
right? And so that's the part where we lean in. And so again, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to help us see this uh, this mm-hmm. morning. And I think there was a verse there uh, back in uh, verse 21. He said, you know, she says, Jesus says, even now. And I think it's that understanding even now God can raise the dead, even when it's day four, you know, as we talked last mm-hmm. week, day three, they all sort of anticipated that some kind of resurrection could happen, but it was when day four popped along, it's like, oh, right. He's really, we're really at a place where we can't go back. Yeah. And yet that's where Jesus leads into. Um, and so last week, we, what we looked at was pretty dark, right? Very. Uh, and it seemed like there was a tunnel with no no light at the end of it. And and, and yet I don't think we need to make this any more dramatic because it is depressing. But then we, we see what God does, uh, you know, what Jesus ends up doing. And, and we see that, that God can show up in the most bleakest of circumstances and, and breathe hope. And I think that's the part that we need to sort of, you know, wrap our minds around. Mm. Even now, as the scripture says, God can bring life into our situations. Even now, Jesus can breathe life into our very existence. So whatever we're pushing through this morning, and that's that's where we need to be reminded, and we we pray that the Holy Spirit shows up to give us that kind of encouragement, right? Amen. Interesting that we're going in this direction because we just posted Dr. Carey's uh, Bible study that he did for us a few weeks ago on grief, and so what we have here is that Jesus is walking in to a scene of total grief. Right. And I, I think the reason why it resonated so much with people, especially in this season, is we, we, we've not been able to process grief very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it is part of our life. And I just think there's a beautiful story here that Jesus wants us to lean into. And it's really, do you trust me? <laughs> you know? right. 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 Now it doesn't negate that we have suffering and struggling in our lives. Right. Um, does that completely wipe out uh, the, this whole idea, Lord, if you've just been here? Um, mm-hmm. No, it, the it, reality is we are going to struggle. We are going to have strife in our, our life as we try to understand what God's doing. And it, the, the idea is really being being faithful in that. Now, you've got, what, Martha? She's grieving the loss of her brother. And she makes a, an incredible statement of faith, right? She told Jesus that she believed that Jesus had the power to raise her brother to life on the last day and give him everlasting life. On the last day. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, so their view of Jesus, her view was probably advanced from the disciples. Right. Yeah, at least she understood that he would be able to give her brother life on the last day. Right but probably not this day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I basically think Jesus is saying, that's true. She thought it was Keep going. Late. But that's yeah. not all. Keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's too late for now, but I know you can do it later. Right. But what I am seeing in this is um, just looking at verse 33. Well, looking at all of it, you know, we, you said we're going to do a helicopter view. So in a helicopter view, I'm seeing, like you said, a lot of grief. A lot, you know, the friends coming to comfort them. Just from reading this story and just everything we've read this morning, I see this, um, you know, everybody is weeping. Everybody mm. is sad. Everybody. And, and here comes Jesus coming into this situation. He waited. He cho- And he can do that. He chose to wait. And then he comes and, and he's watching all these people just devastated. Right. So, and and then you see, and then he weeps. Right. 
Right. So uh, it it shows me he came in, he 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 came to understand us and he's really understanding us in this moment it seems. Right. And you go back to John 1, right? In the beginning mm-hmm. was the word and and I love Peterson's version of it in the message about how he took on flesh mm-hmm. and I think verse 14 moved into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that's such yeah. a beautiful thing and so he knows us. Now this this Jesus wept so everybody can memorize that verse, right? So Right, we can. Get some, I'm glad ahead. you came back to that that verse and we'll probably come back to it more than once. But since you left us dangling on the cliff for a week, I've been reading the chapter and just thinking about things. And it's interesting because everybody always thinks about verse 35 and Jesus wept as an emotional reaction to the situation, showing that he is fully man. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think there might be even a little more to Jesus wept. He's weeping over the fact that Lord they just don't get it yet. Right. And yeah. it, they don't see me yet. Right. A few verses later, he actually gets angry at them. Yeah. But, you know, we could do a whole study of just what's that all about. I, right, right. I see it. And there's a lot of different emotions. You know, in, in verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit mm-hmm. and troubled. So he's starting to go through these emotions sure. with them. You can, you kind of can see it. It's getting started. Then a couple verses later, then he weeps. And then later you said he gets, you know, he's he's frustrated. Right. He's going right. through a lot of different right. emotions. But, it, it, you know, when you again take the helicopter, maybe it's even the 30,000 foot view in the jetliner. But it's this idea that when are we going to learn? Right. You know, I right. mean, from from Genesis to Revelation, the story is about our brokenness and our messiness. And we never th- really believe God fully at his word. Mm-hmm. And so even here, it's interesting. You know, Martha's talking about doctrine. She believes part. Right. But she hasn't seen the whole. But Jesus is talking about reality in the present yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, I guess that's the part of the encouragement, too, is for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be in the moment. We need to be engaging with our, our our human brothers and sisters in the messiness of life to meet them when life is complicated. And sometimes it's not sharing the gospel by preaching the gospel. It's by showing up and just being present with people. That can be the gospel in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And too many times I think we talked about this last week, too, that I think, you know, we we don't we've sanitized the end of life. Right. And, and we were afraid of that. Mm-hmm. And as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't be because there's a story beyond our earthly story. Right. And so Jesus says what, um, you know, he, he tells us that uh, he, he doesn't respond to Martha by telling her I can resurrect. Yeah. I am able to perform a miracle like I have before. That's not what he said. Uh, and it wasn't about the fact that he had that, had that he had the power to resurrect. It was about the fact that he was and is the resurrection. He is the power yes. of resurrection, yeah. And so you can put your faith in him because of who he is. You can put your hope in him because of who he is. You can you can trust him because of who he is. And that's what makes Christianity so much different than any other element of any, anything you want to put your faith in. Right. It's where God comes and puts on flesh, moves into the neighborhood, understands our plight. He does weep, but I think that you're right. The tension of the weeping is also... It's just his reality of just how broken we are. Yeah. And even what he's going to be doing, you know, chapters later and giving up his life to, to restore us to that 
which he created us for in the beginning, which is to be in union with him. Yeah. I see, you know, in, in verse 40, I see a frustration that Jesus has with us. And I'm thinking back to other Bible studies we've had, and we often see this frustration and it's because we don't believe. Um, in, in verse 40, it said, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Right. And I, and I, that might be even why he was weeping too. And just kind of looking at everybody because he understood something we don't understand. Right. And I think, um, I'm starting to hear that more and more. And as we hear it through different Bible studies, we keep hitting on that where Jesus is looking around basically going, these people don't believe. Right. But let's look at it even deeper. I mean, Jesus is able to perform a resurrection, but as cool as that miracle is, you know what? Lazarus is going to die again. Right? Yeah. I was thinking about that as I was driving in this morning. Yeah. He and a few other people in the scriptures, uh, the widow's son, right. uh, you know, the procession that Jesus interrupted. <laughs> Every time he interrupts a funeral, amazing things happen. But, yeah, he is, Lazarus is going to die again. That son is going to die again. Right. Mm-hmm. The little girl uh, who is going to die again, who he healed. It's just kind of amazing to think about. Right. And so to just to underscore it, 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 it doesn't matter as, as much what Jesus can do. It really matters more than anything else of what he is and what he is exactly. for us as the resurrection and the life. And so, yeah, I mean, Jesus goes on. He tells Martha that he wasn't about raising up Lazarus at the last day, but this was in this very moment of him being present and being the resurrection and the life. And then he asks her what? Do you believe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something that Jesus will ask every single one of us. An open-ended, double-ended question. Right. Double-sided. Right. Yeah. Do you believe this? Right. right. Mm. And it, it's interesting. What didn't he ask? He didn't ask, do you believe in what I can do? Right. Do you believe in some miracles I can perform? Right. Jesus simply says to Martha, do you believe in who I am? And will you put your trust in who I am? And there's the difference because at the end, when Jesus is being paraded around before he goes to the cross, what do the officials, the Romans or otherwise, want to see? They want to see a miracle. Right. Show me a miracle. Well, Jesus isn't going to play and give them a little carnival trick. That's not what he's here for. Right. The question, like you said, Pastor Tom, is, do you believe? Right. And I think there's another question he's asking too, not asking it rather, is do you understand? There you go. Right. That's the other side of that question. Because we don't understand suffering. We don't understand yeah. grief. We don't understand the death that's in our lives. But we don't have to understand everything to believe in who he is. Amen. And that's the story yep. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Do you believe? I mean, even in the garden. You know, when Eve is tempted, it's like really the question that Satan's asking her is, do you think God's going to show up? Is he really going to provide for you? Did he really say that? Did he really say, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just beautiful to see this. And I think the idea that when we sit and we mourn and we grieve and we suffer and we struggle, that Jesus is calling out to us in those moments and just saying, will you go to me? Will you come to me? Will you trust me? Mm -hmm. We're coming to the big finish. Can we take a deep breath 
and do a little reset here, get Andre's forecast, and then come back for what is going to be, I promise, a great, not a, just a big finish, but a God-honoring and God-proclaiming finish in this story in John chapter 11. That's coming up in just a couple of moments. This is Mornings with Mark and Gabe, Bible study time with Pastor Tom Repke on Heartfelt Radio. All right. What a great Bible study over these last two Wednesdays, and we're headed into the home stretch. My name's Mark. My name's Gabe. And we're with Pastor Tom Repke once again from Linden Road Presbyterian Church. Thomas, thank you so much. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, we are now kind of headed into this uh, this finish of this passage in John chapter 11, and yet it's merely the beginning, really, is. isn't yeah, it? It is. And I, I want to land, I guess, and then try to pull out from uh, just this idea. You know, when Martha sends word for her sister to come and speak to Jesus, it, it, it isn't the same thing. And, and this is where we see mm. how Jesus interacts, right? It's where it isn't that she just simply echoes her sister's word. Something's different in this exchange. And and what ends up happening here, Jesus, as you, as you, you read, Mark, you know, he, he, he looks around and he realizes that... Uh, that there's some something going on here. And I think what we want to take away from this is just to be reminded of God's love for us, mm-hmm. that he weeps. It isn't just that he's emotionally caught up in the moment of Lazarus' death, although that's important in the human side, but really it's as larger as the God-man of, of seeing that in our brokenness of what we need from him, uh, that we do have a God who's not distant, a God who isn't disconnected from our, mm. our life. And the idea of, again, being present, and we've talked about that, you know, the idea of leaning in in these moments when life doesn't seem to make sense. It really is God's people. We need to show up even when we don't have the answer. We don't have to offer words. It's simply us being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the whole story. Um, you know, as we read it, it just, you know, it just kind of making you think of, of the actual, you know, if this was a set. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking at, Jesus is looking around at all these people he loves, all these people. He cares about how they feel. Right. And, um, and they're devastated. And, and I, I believe his, the, he was weeping, I think more, not, not because Lazarus died. He was weeping because we don't understand. I think, you know, it's kind of like, they just don't understand that I love them. They don't understand that it's going to be okay. Right. They don't understand that. God's glory is going to be shown through this, mm. you know, and it just makes me think, I mean, when we go through, we all go through grief here and we weep and we don't understand God's plan for it. Right. And it just seems like he just was looking going once again. Right. They still don't get it. You're right. You know what mm. I mean? Well, we and know all these years later, right. we still don't yeah, get it. Yeah, we're still struggling. But but yeah. that's the plight, and that's the thing we hang on to. And so we're even reminded that these are Jesus's, this is, this is his squad, right. as we would say, mm-hmm. and yet they didn't get it. So if mm-hmm. they didn't get it, then that gives me some margin to go, okay, right. I'm, I'm still trying to figure this right. out. Yeah. Please be patient with me, right? Yeah, yeah. As, as the button says, or the mm-hmm. bumper sticker. And, you know, you can even flip-flop back into the Gospel of Luke there, of course, on the Emmaus Road. Right. With two guys who, even after the resurrection, 
don't get it. After they get this most amazing Bible study of all Bible studies, right? Yeah, and then finally their eyes are opened, even not during the Bible study. It's yeah. when he breaks the bread right. that right. they all of a sudden go, oh, right. it's him. And again, if I can, it's this idea of being present. Right. Because if we go back to that night in the upper room when he broke bread for the first time, you know, he took this thing that had been part of their life out of religious duty for for centuries, right? Right. And, and he does this and he changes it all upside down. And he says, okay, now, you know, it's a whole new perspective. And so here's what's interesting, though, and we don't want to miss this, is that after this amazing picture of just his humanity and his awareness of our own plight, uh, he still has to call out to them, right? Uh, to call, take away the stone, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's part of the difficulty, right? Uh, the, the stone's still there, so he's like, okay, let's move it out of the way if you really want me to do this, mm-hmm. uh, it, because he he may be saying even to us that there's a stone in our life, right? That's a mm-hmm. takeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the stone in our life that we've got between us and God that keeps us from really living into the life that he wants to give us? Or to be honest, he's he, this also may be a kind of a nod to us that, we stinketh. Right. Too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, this is the complaint the Bible tells us that they made, right? Well, he, he stinks. Yeah. Right? Uh, it, it, you know, but seriously, uh, when Jesus is ready to perform his miracle, he uh, he's here. He tells him to move the stone away, and their response was, what? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Not, let's lean in, folks. We've got to do this. It's like, yeah. oh, he may stink, right? Right. And so... Uh, I think God is, you know, part of the takeaway is we walk away not only being present, but the idea that there's things in our life that, that may be hiding, uh, you know, away in our, that we need to pull the stone away through the power of the Holy Spirit mm. to reveal how he can show up and bring about life in us. And so I know that many of us are struggling and, and particularly when we get around the issue of death, we all aren't quite sure what to do with it, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't be afraid of, of the smell and try to hide away. We need to be honest and authentic. We need to be honest with God and with others and allow Jesus to be the resurrection he says he is and the life. Yeah. So, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, go um, back to our thought of the day, which of course always goes with our Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah. Right? Sometimes God sets us apart in order to prepare us for what is coming next. And it's, you know, it's just a thing of us not understanding and God has a right. plan. Well, you all were gracious to invite me to do the, the big anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it from C.S. Lewis. It's the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the horse and his boy where he's invited in and finds out there's even something more difficult that he has to lean into, mm-hmm. you know, that that's mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the reminder that, you know, God prepares us for this. And the question is, do we trust him? Do we trust him? Yeah. This is just um, making me think back to so many stories in the gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We, that's when we see Jesus, you know, talking to people, talking to Pharisees and, and healing and doing all these things. And there are so many scenarios uh, and stories of Jesus where he's looking around going, these people don't understand. Right. There's so many. And that's something, you know, I'm as far as what I'm going to do with this story, I'm going to take this to where when I'm looking at these stories, I want to think more on what was Jesus thinking as he was looking at these people. And it just mm-hmm. keeps coming to my mind. We just did not understand. And he had to keep dealing with that over and over. And he kept, you know, you go through all these stories 
we always do the same thing as humans we don't understand. He's always looking around going, these people don't get it. They still don't get it. Right. So even here, I mean, after a bit of convincing, right, they move away the stone and then Jesus prays what? And I think it's interesting what he prays. You know, we need to notice that he says, Father, thank you for hearing me, mm-hmm. which means he, he's been praying for Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And we were told in other parts of scripture about how the Holy Spirit prays for us, right, in these moments. And so when Jesus said that, he wasn't just saying, you're always listening. He, he wasn't just saying, I know that you can hear me. What I think he really is saying there is that this is not the first time I've prayed for you, mm-hmm. for Lazarus. And so mm-hmm. thank you, God, uh, for what you're going to do in this moment. And so for us, that means no matter what we're pushing through, no matter how dead our situation might be, mm-hmm. no matter how long we've been waiting for God to show up, mm-hmm. no matter how distant it, it seems that he is from us, he is there, present with us in the moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'd like to know a little closer in why, you know, what's going on, you know, yeah. reveal to me, like when you're in the hallway, right? Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm. So here we are. The stone has been rolled away. The smell probably is coming out and everybody all around, probably within about 10 to 20 feet of the tomb can smell it. And then. Yeah, and then what? I mean, and it's interesting, just to put a pause there. I mean, I guess he has to yell because the dead people are hard of hearing, maybe? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. I mean, he and so cries the, out. The, the death of Lazarus turns into a story about resurrection and new life. Mm-hmm. So that's why, as I posed this, you know, last week we were talking about death first and then life and the life that we're invited into. And so, again, the, you know, sort of the big takeaway is he can turn any any situation that seems hopeless, any situation that seems death filled mm-hmm. into a story of life. And that's what he came for. Right. John 10, 10, a few verses earlier. Yeah. I've, I've come to give you life, life and the most life, amazing life you can understand. Abundance. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But he also uses in one version to deal with it. It sort of has a cause a clause in there where it's like, but the evil one comes to kill, crush and destroy. Yes. And that's the tension. Yeah. That's the tension. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, yeah, the idea is that even when it seems like he's distant and you can't get a sense of him and what you're going through, uh, he, Jesus, is lifting us up in prayer to the Father, mm-hmm. which can bring life to our dead circumstance. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the hope. I'm so glad we are back to life. <laughs> amen and amen. After hanging off that cliff for a week, Pastor Tom. <laughs> And I guess we've circled around here and gone from life to death to life, but it's a great reminder. And I think this whole story, this whole scene kind of points out that ultimately it comes back to what uh, the sisters were saying, that I know you're going to raise him at the last day. He's going to raise us in that last day. But there's life now. Let's take every bit of it. Right. I think, too, to be reminded that we've been, you know, yes, we're redeemed. Mm -hmm. You know, he is, but he he heals us, but it's also for a purpose. Right. And so it's that idea of leaning in and being present with each other. And I guess that I keep banging that, that drum because I think that's the part that I think, especially right now, but just all the confusion that seems, seems to still be there in so many different ways. It's like if we're present with each other, that means we got to cut each other a little slack. 
you know, <laughs> in the conversations and not get so angry in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. To know that, um, yeah, there's something we can learn maybe from each other in those moments. And if you're here and you're alive, you're still on mission. Right. No matter what condition your condition is in, as the song said in the 60s, but you're on mission. You have something for him to do until he takes you home. Right. And and that's wrestling with the question of, you know, do we really believe in who he is mm-hmm. and how that impacts how we live our life? Just to emphasize it again, that, you know, is he who he says he is as a life in the resurrection? And not just a doctrinal kind of understanding, which is important, but, you know, moving it from our head to our heart, which is, yeah, I go into, you know, our local county jail. I also go into Mansi uh, in Mansfield just and, and trying to help men particularly understand, I, I need you to, to lean in and move what you know to be true because many of them know the scriptures, but I need you to live that out. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying as much to them as I am to myself because it's complicated. It's complicated to say the least. But uh, one way or another, we don't live in a life of hopelessness. We live in a life of hope because of yes. the promise of the life that he gives us through the resurrection. And that's where we sort of land the plane mm-hmm. as we land off the cliff. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for the flight. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, yeah, well, thanks, except for the, you know, the part <laughs> where we were hanging off of it. But yeah, I, I am, um, I'm liking the helicopter view of some of these stories of Jesus. It does give you a different perspective. It does. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Can you pray us into this Wednesday? Yes, let's do that. All right. Jesus, we know you can do whatever you want. Uh, And let's not focus on what you can do and lose sight of who you are in our hard times. And so we thank you that you are our redeemer, that you are our rescuer, that you are our creator, that you are our savior, and that you are our resurrection and the life. And so we just pray that we live into that power of that as you've ascended on high as our king and we worship you and love you and we just thank you for giving us breath to breathe this morning to lean into that so let us not miss the opportunity to share it with others we pray it in your strong name amen 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 well we always like to give you a little room here at the end thomas to tell us what's going on at linden road and how people can access it whether they choose to come join you or maybe watch online. Right. Online, Linden Road, spelled out, L-I-N-D-E-N, Road, R-O-A-D, dot church. All That's right. all right there. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Mark you. and Gabe. Thanks and thanks Melinda. again to Melinda mm-hmm. for supplying us with Coffee Cake Ministry as well. <laughs> Our pleasure. We appreciate that. Yes. Pastor Tom Repke from Linden Road Presbyterian. Music right now.